Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. On the mountain of God, in the wilderness between Egypt and Canaan, God gave the commandments to his people. Yet, if we would look at how the Lord gave the law to his people, we would see that the law came with God's presence. If we can come into his presence whenever we come to his word, the Bible will be a much different book to us. Please stay with us for today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Ed Marks is with us again. Ed, we're again looking at the Law of Commandments that were delivered to the people in Exodus chapter 20. And usually these commandments are thought of in a heavy or a burdensome way, but today's fellowship is going to bring our listeners into a much different appreciation of the commandments. What are we going to see today, Ed? Well, Matt, what we're going to see is that Christ himself actually is the reality of the law, because the law is God's word, and he's the living word. And I'd like to read our listeners something from the recovery version of the Bible. This is a footnote from Psalm 119, verse 2. It says, there are two kinds of people in relation to the law. The letter keepers, illustrated by the Judaizers and Saul of Tarsus, and the God seekers, illustrated by the psalmist, especially by the writer of this psalm and by the Apostle Paul. So we don't want to be letter keepers. We want to be loving seekers. If we come to the Word as a loving seeker, the Word becomes spirit and life to us. Then it goes on to say, as a lover of God, the psalmist sought God with all his heart, loved God's name and remembered it, sought God's favor by entreating his countenance, asked God to cause his face to shine upon him, walked in God's presence, considered God's law to be his living and loving word, breathed out of his mouth, tasted God's word and found it sweeter than honey to his mouth, esteemed God's word as more precious than fine gold, and considered God's word a lamp to his feet and a light to his path. So the psalmist enjoyed Christ as the reality of the law. Now, the law is a portrait of God. God is love. God is light. God is holiness. God is righteousness. This is what the law shows. It's a portrait of God. Well, Christ is the living portrait of what God is. So he's the reality of the law. If we touch him and gain him and get infused with him as the reality of the law, we will become a living portrait of what God is. We will express him the way that Christ expressed God. Well, that's good, Ed. That's a good beginning for the program. Let's all go to this speaking uh, as Witness Lee starts today with this one thought that Ed just brought out. We want to be his loving seekers. Here's Witness Lee. By reading Psalm 119, we all can realize... In the ancient time, how the psalmist handled the law 
of God as His word. Psalm 119 is altogether not systematized. This one psalmist, in one psalm, across a long psalm, he used all these kinds of verbs to describe his handling of the law of God as his living word. The psalmist inclined his heart into the law. Then he sought it. Then he longed for it, and then he hoped in it. He hoped in the word means he was waiting on God for a word. Then he put his trust in the word. In experience, it should be like this. Firstly, we have a heart inclined. Into the word of God, so we seek after the word, and we longed for the word, and then we are hoping in the word of God. Then what? Then we just put our trust in the word we have received of God. So after this, musing upon it. Verse twenty-three, verse forty-eight, verse seventy-eight, verse hundred forty-eight. At least five times the same word is used. All have been translated into meditate. But King James translated this word in Psalm fifty-five, verse seventeen. There it says, "I pray." If you have Young's Concordance. You go to his concordance. He gives you a translation: bow down, bowing down. This is to meditate. And Strong's concordance brings us to the root of the word, which means to converse with yourself. Now you can see why prayer is included in this kind of meditating. In this kind of musing, where you are enjoying, you are musing upon the word, spontaneously you utter a prayer.、Amen. Didn't you?、Yes. Sometimes in this musing upon the word of God, I did talk to myself. I conversed with myself in reading the word of God. At least some of you in the past. Did have this kind of practice, music upon the word, including worship, including prayer, including self-talking, including a kind of a pondering, even including sometimes you、uh, bow down and sometimes you lift up your hand to say amen to the word. Ed, one of the verses in Psalm 119 that Witness Lee just referred to is in verse 148. I want to read that so we can talk about it a little bit. My eyes are awake through the night watches, that I may meditate on your word.
Ed, let's talk about this word meditate. It's used over and over in Psalm 119 and in many other passages in the Scripture, but it has a broader meaning than what we usually think of as meditation, doesn't it? Which was the way that the psalmist handled this word? Well, this word is very important, Matt, and if you if you translate it as meditate, you might get the thought that this is something done silently. But the Hebrew word is very rich, and one of its meanings is to speak aloud with oneself. So to muse upon the word is something done aloud. And in Psalm 119, verse 15, he says, I will muse upon your precepts and regard your ways. This word for muse implies to worship, to converse with oneself, and to speak aloud, to speak out loud. Just like in Psalm 103, the psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He was talking to himself. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. So it's to speak to one, to converse with oneself and to speak out loud. It's to taste and enjoy the word through careful considering. So it's, uh, it's what we would call the way a cow chews the cud. In Leviticus 11, a clean animal in Leviticus 11 is one who chews the cud. Well, we need to chew on the word in the morning, you know, spiritually speaking. And then throughout the day, we call it back up and we feast on that word again. We chew it again, spiritually speaking, by praying over it, by speaking aloud with it. Speaking to oneself and praising the Lord may also be included in musing on the word. And to muse on the word is to enjoy God's word as his breath, which means we inhale his word. Now, Matt, you uh, you mentioned, and Brother Lee mentioned, Psalm 119, 148. I would like to read 147 with it. It says, I anticipated the dawn and cried out. I hoped in your words. We need to be those who anticipate the dawn. We shouldn't say, oh, no, when our alarm clock goes off. We should say, oh, Lord, I anticipate the dawn because I want to spend time with the Lord. So he cried out, I hoped in your words. Then he said, my eyes anticipated the night watches that I might muse upon your word. The psalmist was, uh, was so occupied with the word morning and evening, and he was occupied with the word by musing on the word. So we need to have this kind of practice in our daily life so that the Word can be infused into us and Christ as the reality of the Word can be infused into us so spontaneously we live Christ out and we become Christ's expression. This is a great uh, help in our Christian life practically to help us experience the Lord is to muse on His Word. Let's go back to Witness Lee and let's talk more about this aspect of coming to the Word by musing upon it. Here's Witness Lee. To muse upon the Word of God is just to enjoy His Word as His breath and to contact Him and to fellowship with Him and to worship Him and to pray to Him and in His presence even to talk to yourself. By this kind of musing on the Word, Spontaneously, we would be infused by God with himself. We would breathe him in, and we would receive 
much nourishment. Let us turn to Psalm 119. It says, I prevented the dawning of the morning. I prevented dawning, don't come. I must rise up before you. I prevented the dawning of the morning, cried. I hoped in your word. This was the morning prayer's cry. I cried to the Lord in this way. I hoped in your word. This field is wetter than pre-reading because it includes worship, it includes prayer, it includes enjoyment, it includes a kind of a charge, it includes sometimes rebuking, it includes the lifting up of the hand to say amen to the word of God, it includes also a kind of rejoicing sometimes, no doubt, according to my experience, it also includes what? Jumping. Sometimes it includes crying, and sometimes it includes shouting. So this can music upon your word. I worship you, I talk to you, I pray to you, I receive something from you, I enjoy you, enjoy your grace, and I charge myself, I talk to myself, I rebuke myself, I give some instructions to myself. This is all included in this one thing. This is not my imagination. This is according to my own experiences. This is to meditate the word of God. And this is to mute upon the living word. Uh, according to my experience, I can testify, really so. In the morning, you mute upon the word. Then maybe in the whole day, you will consider what you have read by considering the word which you have mused in the morning, you still continue the enjoyment of the word of God. Ed, we're still covering this word muse and musing over the word of God. It's really practical fellowship from a brother in the Lord who by the time he had spoken this in 1980, he had nearly 60 years of experience in the Bible. His testimony was very inspiring, and I think for anyone who loves the Lord, they, they're touched by this. Do you have any personal experiences yourself in the Word along the lines of what we are hearing today? I would say the first time that I mused on the Word, I didn't know anything about this, but I was a new believer. I came across Psalm 27, verse 8, which says, When you say, Seek my face, To you, my heart says, your face, O Jehovah, will I seek. And I remember just praying over that the whole day and musing on that. And I really touched the Lord in that. I didn't know about musing on the word. It's like I accidentally uh, 
flipped on the light switch, you know. Stumbled into it. Yeah, stumbled into it. And so all day I was saying, you know, when you say seek my face, and then I would tell the Lord, Lord, you're telling me to seek your face. I want to seek your face all day today, Lord. So, Lord, to you, my heart says, your face, O Jehovah, will I seek. Lord, my heart is saying this to you right now. Your face, O Lord, will I seek. I want to seek your face all day today. And then I would pray over it again and speak it aloud again and converse with myself again over that word. So I was musing on that word, and that verse became very precious to me. Uh, Another time that's very graphic to me is when I was married, I invited a lot of my friends, I would say my tax collector friends, you know, from my former life before I got saved to my wedding, so that I could preach the gospel to them. And the Lord gave me this verse, Acts 5.20, where Peter and the apostles, they were in prison, and an angel of the Lord came to them and got them out of prison. When the angel of the Lord visited Peter, he said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And that verse became very real to me then. It's like the Lord was telling me, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And the word this implies that the divine life that Peter preached and ministered and lived was so real in his present situation that even the angel saw it and pointed it out. So I wanted the divine life to be so real and present to me that if an angel came to me, he would say, this life, go and speak to the people the words of this life, this life you're ministering, this life you've been enjoying. And so I mused on that verse all day long until it became a part of me. Many times when you muse on the word in this way, spontaneously, the word becomes a part of your memory. It becomes a part of your being. So I would just give these two examples. There are many of other examples, but these two examples are very striking to me. Well, for time, we'll have to stop yet, but I appreciate your examples, and I think it's a good testimony of how musing can cause us to love the Lord more and to seek the Lord more. Let's go to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Then, after so much musing upon, after so much considering, I realize and I esteem and I regard that the law of God in everything is upright, is straight, is right. Then enter into it. All the entrance of your word is light. When you enter into it, you see the light. Then learning it. After learning, surely you treasure it as the riches, all riches, as gold and silver. Then hiding it, the biblical way is to hide all your treasures. You may have 20 pieces of diamonds, don't wear one. Put all in the pocket. If possible, put all into your heart. Hide all these treasures in your heart, then remembering it. You have it, you have the word, then you remember the word. Remember means what? Means something you enjoyed quite long ago. And today, it seems it is gone. So you have to call it back. 
By this, you can see the psalmists in ancient time, they were busy in handling the word of God, they muse upon the word of God, they consider about it, and then they hear it, and they remember. Of course, you have many verses, and you are busy. Yet still, you pick up a few verses and muse upon them. Many good verses. I tell you, I like verse 48. It says, My hands I lift up unto your commandments, which I love. And then what? I will mute upon your word. In that one verse, in the three points, I lift up my hand unto the word of God to welcome it and say amen to it because I love the word of God. Now, as I have it, I mute upon it. I enjoy it. Well, I believe this may help us today even to enjoy the word of God, not only in the presence of the Lord, but also with the presence. We enjoy the word of God with his presence. We would never separate his word from himself. Even while we are musing upon the word of God, we let him talk to us. A good conversation. Large things as a kind of spiritual traffic between him and us would be going on in our musing upon the word of God. Suppose such a seeker of God, spontaneously, they would be one with the law. They would have a life that corresponds with the law because they have been infused with the lawgiver. So the lawgiver becomes the living. So whatever they lived out was a kind of correspondence to the very expression, the testimony of God, which was the law. This is the way today for us to handle the whole Bible. The way God passed on the law to his people was in such a kind of enjoying way. It is not just a kind of a decree of some commandment, but actually it was God preaching that all the receivers of the law should praise God in by musing upon his word. Ed, it's so easy for us to take the Bible as a kind of manual, a book of how-tos, but we're talking about a different language here, aren't we? We are, Matt, and actually we have the constant word, which is God's written word. Then we have Christ as the living word, who's embodied in the written word. Then we have the applied word of God, which is Christ as the spirit and life being applied to our being. We want to contact Christ as the living word and the constant word so that he can become the applied word to us, which so that his words can become spirit and life to us. And I like the last verse uh, Brother Lee quoted where the psalmist says, I will lift up my hand to your commandments, which I love, and I will muse upon your statutes. And to lift up our hand to the word of God is to indicate that we receive it warmly and gladly, and that we say amen to it, and that we love it. You can see that the psalmist, 
He loved God, and he loved God's word. In Psalm 119, verse 128, the psalmist says, I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. So he esteemed the word to be right. In Psalm 130, he said, the opening of your words gives light, imparting understanding to the simple. In which we shouldn't be complicated when we come to the Word. We should be simple. So when God's Word is opened or unfolded to us, it gives us light shining inwardly over our heart and our spirit to impart wisdom and revelation to us. Then in verse 71, the psalmist says this. He says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Can you imagine that? So when we're passing through affliction... It's so that we can subjectively, not objectively, but subjectively learn the Word of God applied to our situation. That's when the Word of God becomes real to us. In, in, in verses 162, verse 14, verse 72, verse 127, verse 111, the psalmist says, Your word is like great spoil to me, and it's better to me than thousands of gold and silver. I mean, do we have that view of the Word when we come to the Word of God, that this Word is more valuable than anything on the earth to me? And it's like spoil to me. Spoil is when you fight the enemy and you take over his possession. We need to fight for the Word, fight for getting Christ in the Word every day. In verse 11 of Psalm 119, it says, In my heart I have hidden your Word that I might not sin against you. The present translation of the recovered version says, In my heart, I have treasured up your word that I might not sin against you. How can we keep from sinning against the Lord? This is a great secret. Hide God's word in your heart. Treasure up God's word in your heart, and you will not sin against the Lord. Then we need to remember God's word. And there's a number of verses on this. Verse 52 talks about this. It says, I have remembered your ordinances from long ago, O Jehovah, and have comforted myself. In verse 16, it says, he says, I will take delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Then in verse 93, he says, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have enlivened me. Now, man, I would like to say again to our listeners, the way we never forget God's word is by pray reading the word and ultimately by musing on the word. Muse on the Word. I'll enjoy the Lord's Word in the morning. I'll pray over it. Personalize it. Talk to the Lord with it. Converse with yourself with it. Chew the cud, so to speak, with it. That means you reconsider it during the day. If you do this spontaneously, you won't forget the Word. It'll be a part of your memory, and you will be able to call it up at any time for your daily needs and for your spiritual needs. And ultimately, This is all for the building up of the church as the body of Christ. Ed, that's a very practical way to end the program today, which we're going to have to do because we're out of time. But we do appreciate that you've been with us today. And Ed, thanks for being here today. On behalf of Ed Marks, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for joining us today. And we encourage you to continue with us as we go on in this journey of God's people in the book of Exodus. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. 
Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Did you know that you can now enjoy the writings of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee on your PC or Mac, tablet, e-reader, or smartphone? Just go to lsm.org slash epublications to find out more. Again, that's lsm.org slash epublications. And thanks for listening today. Thank you.